0: Welcome to Christmas time 2021. Can you believe it? We have made it so far, so far, we have made it through this pandemic and everything else that our world seems to be facing. And here we sit on the verge of celebrating Christmas 2021. And as you know, here at Winning at Home, we always bring you a thought, an idea, a word of encouragement as we move into Christmas time. Now, let me just tell you, we've been doing this for 20-something years. It's hard to come up with a new idea for Christmas. So it's a privilege and blessing today for me to bring into the studio with me Steve Norman. Steve's a part of our team, Travels and Speaks. Does leadership rights, does all sorts of things. In fact, I'd love you to go and check out Fact Steve. Where can they easily go check out some of the podcasts or different things you're doing?
1: Yeah, they can go to winningathome.com and they can hear our Hope Through Hard Stuff podcast and also a devotional guide that we've created for families called God Guides.
0: And then you also have the thought for Jennifer?
1: Yes, we did it. We're doing an ebook for for anxious moms called Dear Jennifer.
0: Yeah, so a lot of things there to check out. Please make sure you take advantage of those. And then today, Steve's going to lead us into a thought about the birth of Christ and give us some encouragement in that area. I'm going to interrupt him a few times and just ask questions that maybe would come to your mind or mine. And so,
1: Steve, take it away. Lead it, man. I love having you as part of the team. Thanks so much, Dan. It's been such a joy to be here at Winning at Home. Our family spent kind of the early foundational years of our kind of child rearing in the Detroit area. We moved here about four years ago and part of the challenge in moving to a new area is just knowing what's what's the lay of the land? What yeah. what are the neighborhoods? What are the school districts? Mm-hmm. What kind of homes are available? And I remember when you're looking for a home online, you could you could look at a hundred different homes in fifteen minutes. But a house that'll look good online doesn't necessarily feel good when you Steve, step into it. But isn't that great? I mean,
0: every house looks great online.
1: Right, right. And they can do a lot of things with filters and camera angles to make rooms look bigger. Yeah. But, but it's not until you step into a right. front door right. and in that entry, we kind of get a feel for what that's like. Hmm. But it's not just the home itself. You got to take the neighborhood into context. And it took us a while. We moved into one of our homes. We found a couple weeks after we moved in that every single time we walked through, all the neighbors kind of peeking through their kitchen windows. Oh. To, oh, my to, word. <laughs> to, to see to see who is going to be coming in. <laughs> Are you still living there? I am. I am. They're, they're not. They all moved away. No, I'm kidding. They're That's still there, good. too. That's good. But one of the things I realized is that when you buy a home, you're not just purchasing a house. You're buying a stake in a neighborhood. And you could find a great house that's not in a neighborhood that feels good. Yeah. Or you could find like maybe a house that might feel like a C minus, but be in a perfect neighborhood and still have it turn into a home. Yeah. People might say, well, what, what does this have to do with Christmas? John chapter one, verse 14 says this. The word, meaning Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. The scholar Eugene Peterson framed it this way in his translation of the Bible called The Message. He says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Yeah. I remember in the late 80s, there was a U2 album that came out called Rattle and Hum, and they had a song on there that was based on a song by B.B. King called When Love Comes to Town. And so when I think about Christmas, I'm kind of reminded of this whole idea of Christmas is when, when love, incarnate in the person Jesus, mm-hmm. comes to town and moves into the neighborhood. I remember when I was in, in literary class in high school, they would always talk about Greek mythology and all the different literary themes in Greek mythology. And one of the things about the Greeks is their gods all lived on the top of a mountain. They lived on, on Mount Olympus. And every once in a while, they'd like come down among the commoners and the cities yeah. and the villagers, and they'd, they'd come for escapades and scandals and adventures. But they, when, when they were done, they'd, they'd always go back to the top of the mountain. Sure, They were commuter gods. Yeah, And what I love about Christmas is it says that Jesus Jesus doesn't just come for a visit— Jesus comes to put skin on and live among us. Jesus has an address right in the middle, right in the thick of things.
0: You know, Steve, as you're saying that, I find myself thinking about how, as I'm listening, I'm going, yeah, that's really true and really good, but is that happening in me? Because I found myself just thinking about how many times I, in some ways, in some ways, I just go to church on Sunday, do my thing, preach, attend, whatever, and then I leave and kind of leave that there. Uh-huh. It's that same kind of mindset right. that the people of that day would have had, right. that the gods come down, then leave. Right, right. And I think we're now going where God is and then leaving.
1: It, absolutely. And in Jewish culture, they would have done the same thing three times a year. Yeah. Families would have gone on a trek. And we hear that Jesus did this when he was 12. Families would have gone on a trek to the top of a mountain, Jerusalem. They would always say, let's go up to Jerusalem. And they would get as close to God as they could get. Hmm. And then they would all go, go back home. And, and the only people who could come into the presence of God were the priests themselves. So the fact that the highest priest, Jesus, as he's mm-hmm. identified yes. in Hebrews, doesn't demand us to come and meet him on his turf, that he goes out of his way. He leaves the, all of the comforts and the amenities of heaven itself to come and walk through our dirt and our grime and our muck.
0: Why do you think he did that?
1: Out of love. Out of love. And what I love, when we think about kings and royalty, we think the palaces have an address. we got Buckingham Palace. We've got the White House. We've got all these amazing pieces. And Jesus moves into a place that has no address. Jesus moves into somebody's garage when he was born. There's, there's no glory. There's no majesty. There's nothing, there's nothing sexy about that kind of environment. And the way that Jesus came to the place that he came, in the manner that he came, in the dark of night to an obscure village, shows how much he cares for people on the fringes. How much he cares for people who are kind of like wandering through the darkness on their own. Dan, I've had a couple chances to visit Bethlehem. I'm so excited that you're going to come with. Yeah, me. Yeah, it's going
0: to be fun. <laughs> in fact, let, let's interrupt that to tell everyone. Please be a part of it. The yeah, Holy we're Land doing tour. we're doing a
1: classic Holy Land tour yeah, in October yeah. of 2022. Yeah. there's still time for you to sign up.
0: We are, got, are we going to see the place you're about to talk about? We are. Okay, so
1: Tell us. So when you go to when you go to Bethlehem, there it, it really is in this hilly. It's in this hilly region, and when there are no lights on. And there, it is a starless night. You cannot see your hand in front of your face. It is really, really wow. dark. And so when I think about that first Christmas where the yeah. angels just pierce through the darkness with the brilliance of their light, tell people, hey, you're, you're, you're not alone. I'm reminded of the passage in, in Matthew 4 where it says, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, which is where Jesus would end up living. It says the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And I love it that God just doesn't come near, but God comes near with hope, and he comes near with light, and he comes near with brilliance. And, Dan, you and I know that whether whether it's been in our own lives, we've experienced grief and loss in this last season. Many people who are listening have experienced grief and loss in one way or another, and it's so good to know that Christmas isn't a static moment. Christmas is a dynamic moment. Jesus didn't just come once with light and truth and hope. Jesus comes every day with light and truth and hope. And I think there are some of us who need to be reminded that, that this season, that the joy and the presence and the nearness of God wasn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago that we put in manger scenes and Christmas cards. It's, it's something that, that Jesus is arriving anew and afresh into our desperation, into our grief, into our loss, into our chaos. Jesus is stepping into that anew. If only we would have eyes to see him and receive him.
0: Well, I think part of having eyes and the ears to hear and all those things that go with that is taking time. Mm You know, As you're sharing that today, um, Steve, you don't walk up and just start talking about the Christmas story like you did without thinking it through. Without thinking through, you've been to Jerusalem and Bethlehem, you've seen those things. You can lay that out, even picture it in your mind. Maybe some who are listening can't do that right now, but what you can do is pause and think about the fact that for example, piercing the darkness. All of you have been somewhere in the dark. If not, go in a closet and close the door. There, there it is. And think about that light piercing that darkness. And think, And then using that correlation of saying, Where do I need the Lord to pierce some of my darkness? Absolutely. What's the spot in your life today as you go into Christmas time? Maybe for you, I mean, we all know that Thanksgiving, Christmas, that season, Really difficult for many, many families. I mean, our phones at winning home light up, sure, because people are discouraged, they're depressed, they're around people they really don't enjoy being around sometimes, and there's a lot of conflict and issues. That maybe that's your darkness. Maybe this year, sit, go somewhere, take this little thought that Steve has shared with you. Go sit somewhere and think about. What would it look like if the Lord broke through that darkness? What would it be like if his light shine on you this year? You say, well, what about my family? No, forget about them right now. What about you? Because if you light up, you'll carry that light even into your family. Because that's what Jesus did. I mean, think about it. He came here into a dark world. And if he said, well, I'll light up if everybody else will, and that's not, that wasn't the rule. I'll light up so you will have light. And I think if we take that same principle, just little things you're saying, Steve, are popping in my mind that if we practically apply it to ourselves, it can be life-changing.
1: Absolutely. And, Dan, I love historically the season of Advent to say like, hey, let's – as people who believe that Jesus is real, let's intentionally – Prepare our hearts and our minds for this Christmas moment. I know growing up in suburban Chicago, we had this tradition where we would light these luminary candles where you'd get uh, a paper bag. You'd fill it up about yes. a third of the way with sand and yep. put a candle in that. So the school would sell them for fundraisers. And everybody on our block would line both sides of the sidewalk leading up to their front door. And then if you're really crazy, you'd line all of the sidewalk going up to neighbor's house. Yeah. And on Christmas Eve, it looked like the whole neighborhood was alight with flame. And it was almost like lighting a runway. And you know, when I was a little, I was like, oh, well, this is Saint—this is the route that Santa's supposed to take to get to my house. But now when I read the scriptures, I was like, oh, this is, this is a way for us to illuminate the way. Not that Jesus needs any directions to find his way to our heart, but it was an act of preparation on our part to be able to say, come Lord Jesus, come here, come now. And I think that the hope of Christmas is that his arrival is guaranteed. The only variable in that equation is like, have we have we prepared our hearts for his arrival? And you talk about some of us feel like we're headed into some some hostile territory. Yeah, for sure. And we need to say, all right, Lord, you are already present at that Christmas table. Will you give me eyes to see and ears to hear? And there are all of us who are going to be confronted with some form of empty chair this Mm -hmm. year, either Mm -hmm. either a loved one who's Mm -hmm. no longer physically present. Or maybe we've got a loved one who's, they're alive and well, yeah. they've just chosen not to participate yep. in our family rhythm this year. And that, that's heartbreaking. And it's so important for us to say, Lord, you are doing something that I cannot see. And at Christmas, you burst into the corners of society in the middle of a dark night and your light slowly grew over the course of your ministry. So Jesus, will, will you come into the middle of our mess and be present? Dan, I'm reading through the book of Exodus, and Exodus tells the people of God as they're wandering through the wilderness how to build a tent for God. And that word tent is also translated tabernacle. And some people say in this John 1 where it says Jesus came and dwelt among us, the Greek word there is tabernacled. So the literal translation is Jesus came and tabernacled among us. And what I love about the instructions that God gives the Israelites is he goes, when you set up camp, I want you to have some tribes on the north, some tribes on the east, some on the south, and some on the west. And in the middle, I want you to put the tabernacle. And I love it when it says Jesus came and dwelt among us and he just drops right into the middle of the mess. And so I just, it could be that it's helpful for you to just take a moment and say, what, what is the biggest mess? What is the greatest concern? What is the most, the, the greatest fear or anxiety or grief that I need Jesus to step into? Because the book of Hebrews says that every grief that we know, rejection, loss, mourning, Jesus tasted And there's hope and encouragement in knowing that there's no emotion that that we feel that he did not feel as he walked this earth.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, As you're sharing all that, my mind runs to uh, we all want Jesus to be a part of our life. We all want to invite him in. As you're sharing this today, probably everyone listening would say, of course I want Jesus to come in. I'm not sure we really understand that concept. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. we really understand the difference it would make. I'm reading a book right now by Mitch Album called The Stranger in the Boat. Sure. Yeah, and that story is the story of this wealthy family, yacht crashes, people are in the water. Uh, There's several people on this one lifeboat. There's no other life around. And they come up on this guy, frigid water, and there's this guy in the water. They drag him out of the water. He's been in there for a long, long time. There's no way. It's, he's from the boat. And they're like, who are you? And he goes, I'm the Lord. And they're like, well, wait, what? And he goes, well, you've been calling for me. And, you know, the story is follows after that. But I find myself going, we all, all the time we're going, Lord, help. Jesus, help. Well, if he really showed up, mm. I'm not sure we're ready. Right. I think we're looking going, what are you doing here? You, right. you know, right, right. if he came to our Christmas this year in our family time, we'd be like, well, who's who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he changes the game, right? He changes the game. Right. And that's what you're saying that happened on Christmas morning.
1: Absolutely. Change the game. Absolutely. And, and the irony is that all the people who were supposed to know that the Messiah was here mm-hmm. missed it. Mm-hmm. But all the people who were desperate and hungry. Like the shepherds, the shepherds had no status. They they weren't on the covers of magazines. Yeah. Nobody nope. was reading their books, worthless. Or cared about their memoirs. Yes. Yeah. They were just they were leftovers and outsiders. And I I love that God starts with people who are ready to receive, and then and then slowly moves towards people who need to know.
0: That's me and you, <laughs> and all of you are listening. I can promise you, you're definitely in the need to know category. Yeah. But the ready to receive is dependent upon our heart. Yeah. So I pray today your heart is in position to receive jesus if he did show up at your boat and you did drag him into your house on christmas morning and invite him to be a part of what you're doing this year just a great thought
1: yeah dan i love that the story of jesus kind of begins with christmas and then it ends with the resurrection and the ascension and one of the things i love that the resurrected jesus tells the first witnesses to his resurrection he goes hey go back and tell my friends that i've gone ahead of them into galilee yeah. And the last word of encouragement that I want to give is no matter what scenario you are stepping into this Christmas, either it's with yourself or with family or for work, know this. The risen Jesus has already gone ahead of you, and he's waiting for you there. Yeah. There's no situation that he hasn't right. been in, and mm-hmm. there's no situation that you're stepping into that he's not already in. And it's our hope that that would give you just great peace and confident joy headed into this holiday season.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So with that, I simply say I pray that you will have a blessed Christmas, mm. a merry Christmas, a receptive Christmas, an inviting Christmas. Let that light that we just talked about that the Lord brought into this world, let it illuminate your family. Like Steve said, those little luminaries going all around your neighborhood, show up with Christ in your family this year. And it may be through some difficult situations. We're not saying it's always rosy. Me and you have not lived rosy lives. That's right. part of it. Uh, when you talk about finding a home in the neighborhood. That doesn't always work out perfectly, as you said. And it causes family stress, as we all know. And so maybe that's the spot you're in today. Know that you're listening to guys who, not like Jesus, but we sure relate to it. And we understand that you need Christ to eliminate and be a part of your Christmas, and we pray that happens. And I want to just close in prayer. In fact, Steve, I'm going to ask you, would you just pray, pray over those who are listening that the Lord would use
1: these thoughts to encourage them through this season? Father God, I thank you so much that you are indeed the light of life, and I thank you that you give Jesus to every single one of us as a gift for our moments of joy, but also our moments of need and our moments of crisis. So Lord, for those of us who feel like we're drowning in darkness or despair, I pray that the light of Jesus would break through, the light uh, that brings hope and healing and joy and purpose would be made clear to us in this upcoming season Mm -hmm. and that we would be your representatives of a God who moves into a neighborhood out of compassion and concern for those he loves. We pray these things in Christ's name. Mm -hmm. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Steve, for the prayer, for sharing those thoughts, for reminding us of what this season is about. And we trust and pray that you will have a wonderful Christmas season with your family and ask the Lord to give you guidance as we move into 2022. Can you believe it? 2022. Let me share with you, as Steve and I briefly mentioned here, we have what we're calling the Holy Land Classic, an opportunity for you to go to the Holy Land. Steve, you know, when we started working on this, I'm looking forward, first of all, to seeing your incredible giftedness. You've been there how many times?
1: I think 10, Dan.
0: 10. Awesome. And you have seen pretty much all the sites. And I ask you to take us to places that would be um, really encouraging for those who are followers of Christ to be able to live in some of those moments, stand in some of the places where Jesus stood. I, I can tell you right now, I know I'm going to cry. I'm emotional. And so to be able to stand where Christ stood uh, yeah. will be monumental for uh, my life and for those who might be listening today. And so I want to just say to you, this is not a tour that we're doing like one of those commercial tours. I asked Steve to build this tour in such a way that it would be personal, it would be reflective, it would be a spiritual journey, and that maybe even go with your family to check it out. We are limited, but we're wanting you to come and be a part of this. Let me let you know the dates, October 17th through 26th. 2022. October 17 through 26, 2022. And Steve, you want to give a little bit of an idea of the things
1: we're doing? Because sure. somebody listening might go, well, tell me a little more. Go for it. The Holy Land itself is not that big of, of a territory. You can fit all of Israel inside of the state of New Jersey. So you can see a lot in a very limited geographic space. But we look at three zones. First, we look at Jerusalem and Bethlehem, where Jesus started his life and ended his life. We spend a lot of time in Galilee, where Jesus... Did 80% of his ministry. And then we'll spend some time at the Dead Sea and also by the Springs of Engedi. There's just some really amazing natural terrain and some good times for reflection. So those are kind of the three spots that we camp out in. Everyone has unique features. But you're right, Dan, we intentionally carve out space to hear the scriptures read in the locales in which those stories took place but also buy some time for people just to reflect um we've made a conscious decision not to see every single site because yeah. you could spend 10 weeks there and not see everything but to be able to say we're going to see the highlights but we're going to fully immerse ourselves in those highlights and carve out time for us to be encouraged by one another and for us to hear from the holy spirit
0: yeah i like that well this tour is called the holy land classic maybe the other one you're talking about where you see everything we'll do a holy land steroids to it some down the road somewhere but this is the classic Come and see the basic things you'd want to see that align with what you've been taught. And those of you who maybe don't know a lot about Scripture, what an opportunity to go and see it firsthand and to let that come alive in your life. Again, the date's October 17th through 26th of next year, so please consider being a part of it. And let me also thank you for just your love and encouragement to Winning at Home over the years, and specifically as we come into year-end, thank you for considering supporting us As I always say, we are a little piece of the pie. Many of you support other amazing ministries. Thank you for that. That is a gift to them. And those of you who feel led to support us, we are so grateful, and we are appreciative up front. So God bless you and your family. Have a wonderful Christmas season. And on behalf of all of us here at Winning at Home, we say to you, Merry Christmas.